I'm sure many of us know someone, if not you, who's felt uncomfortable talking about religion and money or just have feelings of shame or guilt about it. Welcome to Yahweh's Money, a podcast where we discuss the crossroads or intersections of religion and money. We're going to go deep into topics like tithing and saving and debt and so much more from the religious view. I'm your host, Shay Cook, CEO and founder of Crusaders for Change, LLC, and our co-host is Vanessa McNelly, one of our financial counselor coach educators. Let's talk about God and money. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Yahweh's Money. Today, we're talking about nurturing your financial health and your community, church community. Whoa. Hey, Vanessa. <laughs> hey, Shay. How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling like this is going to be a deep topic. I know. I'm excited, though. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's something I don't think most people talk about this. So we're really going to talk about finances in, in church. No, yeah. No, it's like once or twice a year when mm-hmm. it's like you got to build up their confidence mm-hmm. so they can pay more tithes. Let's be real. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's how I take it. This morning? Is that I'm preaching this morning. Oh, don't get me started because I'd be like, mm. That was strategically planned mm-hmm. that you offered this financial program. And then a month later, you're like, yeah, we need to increase our tasks. Exactly. Like, right. dude, come mm-hmm. on, man. So, yeah. But, <laughs> hey, I love the church. I love the church. We got a lot of work to do in a church and I'm sure other religious institutions as well. But have you ever thought about how churches can help their members be better stewards of the money, of their money? Philippians 4.19, which I always have heard this so many times, says, My God shall supply all you need according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. God will provide for us and the church can teach us how we can use those resources properly. So we can think of two great ways that churches can help um, us through focusing on money health and by providing financial counseling, which is what we do here. So what is financial health? Have you ever heard of that? Vanessa? I have no idea what that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, with financial health, it's kind of like to me financial wellness. When your mm-hmm, finances are in order, they're healthy, just like our bodies. When our body is in order, you know, we're healthy, and mm-hmm. it goes to every aspect of our life and everything that we do. We either have healthy habits or we have unhealthy habits with things. So we can do the same thing with our money and our finances. We want everything to be fit. We want everything to be in good shape and we want everything to have a purpose that honors him. Amen. Amen. Yeah. The CFPB, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which is a U.S. government agency, talks about this and says financial health is feeling in control, capacity to absorb a financial shock on track to meet goals and flexibility to make choices. But also through a book, I believe Garmin and Ford, that we have to read when we're becoming a financial counselor, financial health is feeling, uh, is the feeling of having financial security and financial freedom of choice in the present and when considering the future. So I wanted to pull that out because I thought that was important. I know when we're learning to become financial counselors, we talk about financial health so we can learn how to help our clients in the future. Um, but financial health, like Vanessa's saying, it, it I always say finances runs through everything in life, spiritually, community, family, mental health, everything. And so, you know, being financially healthy is really going to help you in every other area. I mean, I don't know how to, any other way to say it. It's very important. And a lot of people struggle with it. And then it just feeds into negativity and unhealthy habits in every other part of your life. It does. Yeah. And this is something Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we talk about with our clients too, is almost every goal we have in life 
takes money to achieve those goals. <laughs> yeah. Almost everything. Usually people can't yep. even give me one uh, that doesn't take money. But having healthy finances allows us, like you're saying, to be healthy in every other aspect as well, because it does mm-hmm. kind of spill over. And the same thing goes for our church, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the institutions that we go and spend our time with. Um, and we need them to be financially healthy as well, because exactly. they can help us with that, because we're exactly. learning from those people. Those are the people we trust to nourish us, you know, not only spiritually, but financially too. Um, because those are the people we're usually surrounding ourselves with. That's so true. We need the institution as a whole to be financially healthy. But then also, how can a church provide financial wellness programs and help their people, their congregation, their members, their participants be healthy? You know, financial peace fortifies both the individuals and the collective strength of the church in several ways that we'll go through in a minute. But really getting back, how can they can provide? Hello, they can reach out to Crusaders for Change. I'm just going to be a plug there. We can help you provide a financial wellness program to your congregation and dealing with all of these issues around behavior and mindset, dealing with money, money, trauma, and learning how to save and meet financial goals and budget and create spend plans and get out of debt, improve credit, move on to all the other education that we can provide around investing and insurance. We're not advisors, but we can provide education around that so you can help. So your church and congregation can make informed decisions around money and be have that and achieve that financial health. Yeah. Yeah. There's so mm-hmm. much that goes into this. So too. much. And I think, you know, that term practice what you preach, that's where it kind of comes <laughs> yeah. into play too. Yeah, you know, exactly. We're learning from, you know, our religious institutions because they usually have a lot of the answers that we're looking for. We seek God through them and we can seek God and how he would have us spend our money through those institutions as well. And then you look at some of these churches who help people when they are having, you know, a rough time and they're helping people pay their rent. They're helping people with power bills, but it goes back to, do you just do that for them or do you show them how to do it better and how to do it in a way that makes sure that they don't have to worry anymore? There is so much peace in that and knowing that I've got this and I know how to do it now. Learning how to fish, right? Teaching them how to fish instead of giving them a fish so they can do it on their own and share with them, pass it on to their family members, their children and generations to come. So, yeah. And as we said, financial peace can really fortify both the individual and the collective strength of the church. So whether it's getting a sense of individual well-being without money worries, we can actively participate in the church community in a more meaningful way. Uh, to me, I'm going to pause there because and honor that in this moment because that is so important. People come into the church and with so many stressors, right? Whether it's job, work, family, on it, but a lot of times it's that money worry. And they can't focus, they can't learn, they can't contribute, they can't save, they can serve, they cannot give mm-hmm. because they, they're coming so burdened, so heavy. And then you're wanting them to do all of this stuff. You got to make sure these people are healthy. Right. Pastors, ministers, <laughs> deacons, whatever you are, reverends. Because if your people are not healthy and they're stressed out, they're not thinking about how they can give. People that are stressed out cannot give. They cannot serve. They can't be the full healthy individual for a, a church or a religious institution if they're worried, if they're stressed mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And you know, you think about it when you go into church on a Sunday morning or whenever you go 
if your mind is worried about these other aspects, how is your worship going to be that day? Are you going to be fully focused on worship that morning? No, because you're thinking, okay, after church, I have to figure out how to feed my family. Um, we don't have money to go out to eat today because, you know, I don't have the funds. And then we go home. I don't have groceries ready. You know, you mm. have all these things that you're worried about. And like, oh, I have to pick up an extra shift. So I can't come Wednesday night when we usually come or whatever that might be. You are focused on all these other things that are taking you out of being present and there. Mm. And when you're not present and there, are you really getting anything out of that experience? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I used to feel that way when they passed the collection plate. I'm glad they stopped the one in a lot of churches yeah, now. Yeah. It's like you can just contribute online mm -hmm. or text your money or whatever and do automatic payments because I remember being the days I didn't have a dollar to my name or that I really, because I had it, it had to go towards food or whatever and taking care of the child and helping out with the household. And so I would just pass it along. And you know, you were getting them eyes of shame or it might just been internal. I might've just been projecting, yep. but I'm like, oh man, they're looking at me because I can't put no money in there and don't let you put some yeah. change in the plate. Oh man, that's just a whole nother look. I agree. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so that shame that comes around it, if people don't have to worry about that because you're providing them the support that they need, to learn through financial counseling or education, um, yeah, they can focus more. They can focus more on their spiritual growth because financial stability provides indivi individuals with the mental and emotional strength to engage in spiritual practices on a deeper level, like Vanessa is saying. Yeah, and that is, that's so true. And you think about just that statement. You know, if we are not worried about all these other things, we can truly be present, be there. We can give our whole hearts and we can help others see, you know, what we're going through and what we've been through mm. and how being free of worried about our money uh, allows us to just fully be immersed in these experiences, which brings us closer to God. And that's the goal of so this, true. right? That that's is the, the goal. goal of it. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And to participate in worship and community exactly. outreach and other yeah. spiritual activities without the distraction, without the worry, right. you know, and just being able to be fully present and mindful in that moment is so important. But so many people and I believe money is probably number one on people's minds, things people are like I can't do this and or they got relationship issues or they hate their job or whatever the issue might be. They might be suffering from some kind of mental health situation. We need to be and I believe the church needs to be they don't have to be providing all of that, they, but they need to be supportive and recognize right. that people got a lot more going on mm -hmm. on Sunday morning or whatever day they're in church than just thinking about the Lord. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe they need to do some kind of meditation and clearing of the minds before they get into the word so people can be like, all right, I'm here, I'm present. Because I'm coming into this institution with a lot of stuff burdening in me. Because we're humans. We have a lot. We exactly. carry a lot. We do. We do. Yeah. And we look towards, you know, the heads of those institutions as well. So think about, you know, how, how your pastor, how the staff, how they are carrying themselves and how they're handling their money too. Because if their money is not right... Think about the institution as well. Like how can they help and lead if they are not doing the things that need to be done with the funds that are given? 
Exactly. And being that example. And yeah, you know, my husband and I were talking about that this weekend about how some of these pastors out here want to be rock stars and have be go viral right. and have all the big houses uh-huh. and the big vacations and the big cars. And but then you look at their congregation and these people are struggling. And I'm not saying that pastors and religious leaders should not have nice things. I have never been that person. But my thing is, where are you getting that money from? <laughs> and you need to be accountable right. to it. Yeah. And so to me is I should be, and they're nonprofits anyway, so you should be able to pull down their 990 from IRS and find out how much everybody's getting paid if you really don't trust what's going on. And I think we talked about this in last season, like just being accountable and knowing that, you know, churches and institutions need to pay the bills and pay the pastors and everybody, but still, you shouldn't be living this really millionaire millionaire life if your people are struggling on a daily basis. I have a problem with that, but again, another Do you episode. remember, <laughs> Shay, I don't know if, you, if your church did this, but we used to have finance meetings and it would be yes. on Sunday mornings after service mm-hmm. and whoever wanted to stay could stay for these finances. Whoever meetings, wanted to right? stay, yeah. And they would hand mm-hmm. out copies of the budget for the quarter or for the yeah. year or whatever. <laughs> and you'd have yeah. the, the finance committee that would go over everything. And I remember going <laughs> to these things. I was like three, four, five, and they'd give me a copy. Wow. You know? And I'd sit there with my grandparents and we would go over the finances for the church. And I always loved that they were very transparent about these things. Transparent, yes. You know, and they would give you an opportunity to ask questions. And you could get a copy, you know, the week before if you wanted to really review. And I love the aspect of, you know, the church that we went to. It was all committee-based. So one person didn't have all the power to make the decision. Yeah. So it was based off of, you know, a few people that were trusted to, to go in, make the decisions, uh, and then they shared everything with the entire congregation. And that's a great way to, to think about things if you do this in your own home. You know, parents as the head of the household can share these things with their children, um, you know, whoever else lives in the house as well, so that kids can get an understanding of what it takes to kind of grow and have what they have at their home. Exactly. So they see where the money's going and how much it takes for things. So even that's yeah. something we can take home with us, um, you know, and we're being taught by hopefully our church uh, that we, yeah. we can take that home and say, okay, it's okay to learn these things and teach these things and show how expensive life is. Exactly. And share the realities of life and, and expenses, like you say, and don't hide it. You know, a lot of, you're right. The church does that. And some churches do that. And I think it's great. And I've participated in some in many different churches yeah. I've been around in the world as a military spouse, but also as uh, a family member, you know, somebody was saying the other day, like how their parents used to, was it a client? I don't remember. Oh yeah, I know it was, but either way, somebody would say, um, how their parent would, uh, sit down and go through the checkbook with them every month. And I was like, my parents saying never do that. <laughs> so they would just argue about right. everything. And yeah. so that's the only way I heard about it. Um, but I think that's good because I was like, you don't even, I told her, I said to her, that's such a blessing. She's like, you know what? It is a blessing. I'm like, yeah, to be able to be a part of that responsibility and duty and learn that there is, you know, it takes a lot in running a household from the income and the expenses and being able to go through the checkbook back in the day or now going through the statement online, the bank account with your child, teaching them the budget and all that is such a priceless, priceless gift to your kids. And to their kids and it just passes on, you know? Exactly. And yeah, I encourage parents all the time, especially when there's money struggles, because a lot of parents say, I know this is kind of getting off topic a little bit, but you know, they don't want their children to do without because 
they're struggling. And I'm like, this is a whole family issue. So the whole family needs to tackle it together. It's not just one or two people. Same thing goes with the church. When there's an issue, you don't put that burden on one or two people. It's something that's shared and everybody has a hand in and you can motivate and help each other reach those goals. Kids are great at that too. They get it. If you have those talks, They'll be like, it's okay, mommy. Let me help you with whatever it might be if you have good kids anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that same thing goes with the church because we are God's children. So we can take mm-hmm. those lessons and use them, you know, to help the church because we're part of it or vice versa. Use those tactics that were taught in the church for your home life. Exactly. And then moving on from there, financially secure individuals are more likely to participate in tithing. So you're doing all the stuff that we're talking about, teaching your kids, doing it in church, being transparent. Then you start to feel and going through the motions of learning and saving and and getting out of debt, improving your credit, whatever that looks like for you as you become financially secure and healthy you know, tithing can, you'll be, you'll feel more comfortable in participating in that. And tithing just reminds us that we all, what we have is from God. As I mentioned earlier, we are stewards of his money. He, we are just a manager. He owns all of that. And we are returning a portion to him. And by tithing, we're not leaning on our own possessions and wealth, but trusting God for our daily provisions. So in Matthew 6, 24, it says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And I always add in there different idols. You know, I mean, it's not only money. It could be me. It could be the business. I could be that, put that before God or a, a partner. You know, at one time I put my husband before God or my kid. I, I was serving them instead of serving God first. And so, yeah, but you cannot serve two masters. So it's important to tithe, but it's also to remember it's God's and you're just here to manage it. And if you don't believe that, I mean, this is what I believe. Okay? <laughs> and this is what the word says. Right. So I'm not going to shame you for not believing that. But if you're listening to Yahweh's money, I hope that you have some kind of religious following. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but even still, it's, yeah. Very important to tithe, but also to understand you can't serve too much. And I think when you do tithe like that too, it shows your gratefulness for what you have, you know, that you feel like you have been blessed and you are so thankful for that, that you are giving part of that back as, you know, as, as a tithe, um, as an offering, because you understand it isn't yours and that what you have is a gift. Everything is a a gift. gift. And when you give it back, it's to me, it brings joy. You know, we talk about this a lot. Some people just love giving and there is a joy that comes with that. But if you are so stressed about not being able to pay your bills and you don't know how you're going to pay for lunch for the kids at school this week or whatever it might be, it makes it so hard to give back and tithe. Plus, you know, you're having to work extra hours, you're tired. There's all these things that roll into that. So if you can find a way to live within your means and still give back, that is a priceless solution to this problem because it gives you more time and it gives you time to really focus on the things that matter. 
Yeah, we've talked about that in previous episodes with your aunt, with my dad being a cheerful giver, but also realizing God wants you to give from your heart that's pure in love, not when you're hardened or angst or angry or whatever. He doesn't want that because then you're not giving of joy and love. You're just like, okay, no, he wants you to be a cheerful giver and love that you're giving back to him and, and be grateful for that, like Vanessa's saying. So yeah, yeah, so true, we right? Had, we had and such there's... a good example of this this week. Um, my grandfather left a voice message that my boyfriend and I heard um, on my phone. And my cousin has been paying me back for something for a while, and he's lost his job. And you could just hear the joy in my grandpa's voice saying, I've got him, and I will handle this. You know, and my boyfriend even said it wasn't like he's like, well, I'll figure this out and I'll take care of it. And uh, it was like you could truly hear the joy in his voice. And it's Aww. because he has learned to live within his means, to know what his needs are and know that taking care of others is a priority. You have a fabulous papa. He's I'm wonderful. telling you, he's an amazing yep. man. He's That's why he's wonderful. living the way he is. <laughs> he's wonderful. <laughs> oh, my God. A truly amazing man. You know, and there is a reduced strain on church and pastoral resources when you're able to give. And churches often pay play a role in providing support to members facing financial challenges. So when we can sustain financial peace, there is reduced demand for church resources. So and church resources can now be better used for attracting new members, enhancing outreach, community unity, and overall church stability. So that's why we want to stress churches with financial wellness programs can place truly in place can truly help their congregations jumpstart their financial transformation. Throughout the Bible, we are told that those who lead in spiritual matters should also lead in financial matters. That's beautiful. That's gorgeous. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. And you think about this. If you have a church body that is financially fit and everybody comes there, you know, happy and ready to go and ready to serve, think about all the good you can do out there. There is so much that needs to be done in this world. And that gives you the power to do that. And that is, I mean, that's priceless. It's priceless. I just have this visual of everybody in the church happy and healthy and financially secure and just being able to go out and give that love together as a congregation, as a family, as a whole. That's beautiful because when you go into some churches, some people looking at you side eye, you can tell they stressed. They looking like they had a long night, they're paying, whatever, whatever, whatever. But, you know, life happens, right? But if you can come together and be that model from the pastor down, from God to the pastor down, and then being able to be um, to provide that role model and that that those wellness programs. And I I would say beyond just financial, it needs to be health, mental health, wellness, child care support, whatever you can provide. Your congregation is going to be loyal and want to serve and give and just be so cheerful exactly. in their service. Exactly. Yeah, and I would say you know looking at this too. We're not talking about those bougie churches where everybody's rich. <laughs> and I think that's something, too, that we need to I don't know them churches, people, Vanessa. Right? There are some very bougie churches. Um, they are. But, they are. But you know, we're talking about just knowing how to manage what you have and live within your means. So if you are on a fixed income, you are content and you're able to pay your bills and you're able to take care of your needs based off of that. This does not mean that you, everybody has to be making millions of dollars or that not everybody will be doing that. It's just learning to yeah. live within what you have 
And if you don't have it, you figure a way to either get it or live without it and still be happy and joyful. Mm -hmm. And even for those bougie churches, <laughs> when them people are giving those tithes off that millions of dollars, you can afford financial wellness programs and need to call Crusades for Change. I'm just saying. So we could come in and help these people because these people need help. And you know what? I was just talking to some, I talk to a lot of people every day, obviously, but I talked to somebody yesterday and it was like, yeah, people would even with z lots of zeros after their, their um, income still need help <laughs> because you know what I mean? I don't care if you're making 300, 500,000 or a million, those people need financial counseling too. So let's not lead them out. It ain't always the low income. A lot of times the people that are poor or low income, they having to meet their ends like this, that they figure it out. It's those people that start to make a lot of money. They're like, you're like, what? You ain't you ain't contributing 401k. You ain't got no savings. You just spending, spending, spending. Those are the people that need our help right. as well. As right. well. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Any final thoughts? You know, I just say, think about you know your church congregation and think of ways that would make you feel like you were more in touch and in tune with your church on Sunday mornings and work towards that and have conversations with the staff and the pastor about how everybody can get more involved so that everybody is more financially fit and their financial help puts them in a place that they are totally present and there. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Whoa, wow, what an amazing episode. You know, thank you for joining us, everyone. You can tune into current and future episodes of Yahweh's Money wherever podcasts are found, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. So check us out. And remember, it's always better Yahweh's way. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the crossroads of religion and money. Also, we would love to hear your feedback on today's episode. So please leave us a review or just tell us what's on your mind. And remember to follow our podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions of topics for us to discuss, please email us at Yahweh at Crusaders, the number four change.org. To hear all of Yahweh's money latest episodes, please visit us at www.crusaders, the number four change.org or wherever podcasts are found. God bless.